politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So guys, did you hear the thing about CNA insurance? You know, we know about the pipeline that got hacked. This, as NBC News has learned, Colonial Pipeline paid nearly $5 million in ransom to hackers who infiltrated their system, which led to the shutdown. And there was a moment of silence and then a, well, CNA got hit. Nobody really knew about exactly how much they paid, but it came out. They paid $40 million. <laughs> That's a whole lot of money. It's not a bad payday. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So how do we think that one happened? I'm not sure. I think they're still investigating it, and CNA is uh, keeping pretty mum at present, but... Um, that's just a fancy way of me shrugging. Shrugging oftentimes is the way to go in situations like this, because sometimes it could take months to figure out how someone got in, where they got in, and what they got. And meanwhile, they're having a great time somewhere with their 40 million bucks. Without question, somewhere. And of course, I also was reading not too long ago that the uh, dark side... disappeared for a while. Now, we don't know whether there, there's been debate over whether they were shut down by law enforcement or they were simply exiting with their cash, ready to reconfigure themselves into a, a new hacking organization within the next few months. Nobody really knows, but that's sort of the mystery of when you're dealing with all things dark web and ransomware related. I'm Adam Levin, and welcome to What the Hack. I'm the former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, founder of CyberScout, and author of the book Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. I'm Bo Friedlander. I am a, what you call a cyber jockey. No, I like to write about cybersecurity. I like to think about it. And if Adam and I are on the phone for more than two seconds, we're pretty much only talking about it. I'm Travis Taylor, resident tech guy and occasional voice of God. It could have just been a uh, test run if you think about it, that if they just said, uh, since uh, Darkseid was a pretty new ransomware group, I think they'd been around for less than a year. And if their first real major um, outing, as it were, did that much damage, brought the uh, entire Eastern Seaboard's fuel supply to a screeching halt, and then they made $5 million off of it, that, that could have just said, you know, let's uh, practice and, or, and think about going on to bigger or better things here. Um, and that's the thing that really that I found to be concerning. I thought it was lame, 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 because they had a, what what did they call it, Adam, like a code, code ethics? Code of ethics. Or, 
Yeah, and it was like, do no harm, right? They're basically medical doctors, except that, like, I don't know about you, but I consider $5 a gallon harm to a lot of people. It's enormous. It's enormous harm. And it's one of those things where even if you have one or two hacking groups that have a, quote, code of ethics, and there were some that came out and said that under no circumstances during COVID were they going to attack a medical facility, a funeral facility, an educational facility... So many others said, well, that's nice for them, but we're not going to go buy that one. <laughs> well, also, because it was ransomware as a service, they may have just leased this out to somebody who was like, yeah, I don't really agree with your code of ethics. We're going to shut down the oil supply in these ghosts. Well, well, they did make one statement, the dark side group saying, you know, it really wasn't us, it, but it sounds like it might have been one of our subcontractors. I right, mean, right. They sound like a defense a contractor. You know, this is crazy. Ireland's healthcare system got hacked uh, with a ransomware attack. And the uh, ransomware group said, we're sorry, and then gave them the decryptor to get their files back, but said, also, by the way, we're still going to sell all of your data. So we want 20 million bucks in right. Bitcoin. Whenever, you know, whenever you're ready, feel free. They're running the decryptor right now. So they're able to uh, get, you know, restore access to their files and everything. That can take a while. Um, but again, I think the thing that was just sort of funny about it is, um, it's sort of that, uh, faux niceness that you see from ransomware gangs. Like, oh, we do have a code of ethics. See, we don't want anyone like to not get healthcare, but we're going to sell all their files anyway. Well, I think that that, uh, that's a, that's a perfectly horrible story to start with. (laughs) So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rogue Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rogue's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. Have you been hacked? We'd love to hear your story. Give us a call at 623-252-1828 or email stories at whatthehackpod.com. Hey, Bo. Hey, Paul. 
Good to see you, man. <laughs> you too. Long time. I I uh, want to introduce you to my host here that I work with, Adam Levin, who mm-hmm. uh, doesn't believe that I actually went to college. So maybe you can disabuse him <laughs> of that. I actually, yeah, yeah. I am a witness. Which college was it? Uh, Bennington College. Ah, in Vermont. Bennington. Yes. Love it. Yes. For what it's worth, I still think they were telling stories about Bo when I got there. So, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bo is right. sort of legendary. That's yeah. true. So, Paul Toma. Now, I don't know if you remember, but way back then, there was a TV series about a, a cop oh, who I had an incredible well, arrest yeah. record. His name was Paul Toma. Yes. And, uh, and Tony Musante was the star. Yeah. And this yep. ultimately spun into Beretta as well. So, yes, exactly. Um, yep. So I feel we're surrounded. We're surrounded by law enforcement royalty and spirit. That's pretty amazing that you would remember that. To tell you the truth, I mean, it wasn't a very long-running uh, show. And he actually he spun off, and he ended up becoming. He went on the circuit because he became addicted to several. I think it was cocaine, probably at that point. And he ended up uh, lecturing around the country about. Uh, with kids uh, talking about issues with drugs and so on and so forth. Believe it or not, I actually haven't had the book that he wrote. Really? Called, called Toma. Yes. Um, if I could ever put my hands on it, I can't imagine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I could, but I do have it here somewhere. Well, you definitely should, uh, should yes. refresh your memory on it because it was yes. a terrific show. Yeah. And you live in North Carolina. Yep. Durham, North Carolina. And yep. uh, what do you do in North Carolina? Well, right now I'm selling solar. And so basically, you know, helping people figure out how to improve their energy situation and improve the environment. So that's why Bo said that you were the sun, the moon, and the stars. Now I get it. (laughs) I didn't even know he did that. I'm going to have to talk to you after the show. Are you still making art? You know, I'm not, unfortunately. I, uh, I had to give it up years ago because I ended up with a family and had to actually make a living. Um, no, and I just one. couldn't do Yeah. I was on Martha's Vineyard and my art was a little too weird for the people out there. It, it just didn't. I did one show and everybody was shocked. And uh, that was the end of that. <laughs> but it was a heck of a show. Yes, I enjoyed it. I had a blast. Now, Paul, I put up a note on Facebook and I said, who's got a story? And you immediately yep. popped up and said, I do. So what happened? Yep. So at, at one point, um, I had a business. I had a big store in downtown Durham, and I was selling all environmentally friendly building products. And, um, you know, I did all kinds of really cool eco, um, sustainable and non-toxic um, things for, the, for everybody to use in their home. And why I wanted to, and while I was doing that business, I got hacked a couple times. And I wanted to share mostly because people who are in business, especially people like me who, you know, I was kind of a hippie kid just wanting to do something cool and ended up with kind of a crazy uh, business going on. Ended up being a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And we were, we just weren't prepared for what we were up against. And funny enough, the hacking was one of the bigger issues. But the, the first one was just our website was hacked. And that was a, it was really simple. But as a small business owner, we were totally screwed because we didn't realize what we, you know, that we had to protect our website. This was 15 years ago. You know, we didn't realize that we had to keep up with all the stuff with our website, all the security and so on and so forth. And one day someone told me that our website had been hacked and I pulled it up and it was just a picture of devils and naked women. And it just said, you've been hacked across the screen. (laughs) And unfortunately, yeah. 
And unfortunately, as a small business owner starting out, we didn't have it all backed up and so on and so forth. And so we had to have someone rebuild an entire website for us, which cost us several thousand dollars at a point where we could not afford to do that. And the vulnerabilities of things like that are, it's so simple, but a lot of people just aren't aware of it. You know, the main hacking situation that we ran across that was really interesting to me, almost cost me a fortune um, and would have put us out of business. But it was really interesting when everything was said and done because we, we had um, been working with a local bank and had a large line of credit with them. And I was very, I became friends with the guy who was running the bank. It was a small local business. And <clears throat> we were emailing back and forth all the time, sharing a lot of personal information. And someone was able to hack into my email. And what they did was they actually read through all of my emails, saw the correspondence with my banker, wow. took my identity because he was in my, my email account. Uh -huh. He emailed this gentleman and asked him to deposit $40,000 in an account in Georgia. <laughs> wow. Um, and what he did on top of that was he then went into my preferences in my Gmail and blocked any correspondence with anybody from the bank. Goodbye. Okay, so they couldn't contact me and ask me about it. Now, luckily, it was a very small local bank and the, I mean, this guy was the vice president of the entire bank. And he called me on my cell phone and said, Paul, what the hell is this? You know, why do you, why do you need to transfer $40,000 to someone down in Georgia? And I was shocked. Hmm. You know, I, I was like, I, I don't know why I would do that, Mark. You know, I mean, <laughs> what do you say to that? You know, um, and it took us a long time to figure out what had actually happened because again, there was no, there was no way to trace anything because I didn't even have the email that was sent to him in my email because the guy had blocked everything, all communication. And it was literally as easy. Most people don't even realize this, that in Gmail, you can go into your preferences and you can block emails from anybody. And what he had done was blocked all communication with the bank, with a key source bank, which was the name of the bank. So that meant that no one with the, with the email address that was from Keysource Bank could actually communicate with me via email. My, my email would just block it completely. I was also in the middle of buying a new house and mortgaging a new house. And the gentleman who was dealing with my mortgage was also through that bank. And I missed a bunch of correspondence that almost screwed me on that end too. Um, wow. It was, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty incredible. And again, I just want people to know about how simple it can be, you know, like, I had a pretty strong password on my email, but unless you change it all the time, you know, you're susceptible. People can can hack it pretty easily. Did you have two-factor authentication on your email? I didn't at that point. I now that was Gmail and I did not realize I could do that. Now I have something called Proton Mail, which um, is completely encrypted. And it's, you know, this I have a couple of different a couple of different passwords to actually get into the meet of my you know, email. So I'm a lot more protected now. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather and recapture the magic of riding a bike. 
with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance an electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Paul, did you get Proton Mail after this situation or... No, I, what I did was I just changed my, my password, um, yeah. every once in a while. Um, cause it was, it was my work. I don't even know if I could have just switched it over easily from, cause it was attached to my website and Facebook and everything. It was all, it had so many arms to it. Um, and the whole business, everybody, all my employees and everything had their email through this, through common ground, green building center, you know? I have I have a question, um, but I have a feeling Travis is going to ask the same question. Travis, I think you probably do have some questions. Go for it. Uh, sure. The first one is, uh, you said you had a strong password, but were you using it anywhere else or is it just on that account? You know, actually, at that point, it was probably on several things. And I, I changed everything at that point. Like I said, it was 15 years ago. I wasn't particularly tech savvy. And so I just kind of, even though I created a strong password, I did use it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That that's always the uh, that's always sort of the rub there. That you can have the strongest password in the world, but if it happens to be uh, you know yeah. compromised one place, it's compromised everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that uh, situation, sharing is not caring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. And it's something too uh, that. Our sense of cybersecurity now, unfortunately, it's come through a whole bunch of breaches, but um, I think people are a lot more cyber aware now than they were 15 years ago. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. After the there was the target breach, which I think was sort of ushered in the era of the mega breach. But since then, it's just been one after another. Um, yeah. You know, that anytime you read the newspaper, you can just see something or online news, uh, even um, something just seeing uh, what the latest breach is, what the latest ransomware strain is. And uh, fortunately, yeah. I think people are getting a little bit more savvy to it. But yeah, the uh, big one there is just password reuse is most likely what brought you down there, unfortunately. Yeah, that one for me, it was definitely, but it's amazing um, watching the news and seeing how easy, you know, someone with a, a huge pipeline that, that supplies 45% of our country with fuel just gets an email that they click on the wrong link and it's over. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing how easy it can happen. Um, no, that, that's the point is that yeah. uh, it just yeah. takes one click. 
you know, you can be completely secure at 9 a.m. in the morning, but yet mm -hmm. one second later, somebody clicks on the wrong link, yeah. and all of a sudden, your most precious asset, which is your information about your clients, your customers, your employees, uh, could technically be out in the wind. All right, yeah. so trivia question. What was the first iconic uh, breach that any of you ever heard of? Hmm. Iconic breach. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, well, in for a data breach. Data breach. Um, there were a lot of a lot of them that have happened, but I, I, I just keep thinking about Equifax. If something like that can be breached, <laughs> absolutely. Actually, the first real iconic breach was Choice Point in 2005, and it was the first time that California's breach notification law ever really came into play because Choice Point was in Georgia. Hmm. And uh, but the state that ultimately required them to release the information was California, and then thirty-eight attorneys general banded together and then demanded that they make the disclosure. But but for uh, California's law, no one would have known all the way back in two thousand five. You know, but like a decade yeah. and a half later, now yeah. I mean they. I, I'm yes was just in the process of going through through the mortgage application deal with a bank and um, they are more careful now. There is you know I was expected by all parties to call up and say hi, this is me. Is this your you know bank account? Is this your routing number? Is this yeah. where this is supposed to go? And everyone's in the process of doing that, and that just wasn't the case anymore. And it's scary to me, Paul, because. You were saved because you were banking with somebody you knew. Yes, that's how I feel about it. I, I think that most people aren't, are, don't communicate. Don't. I was dealing with a very small local bank, got intimately, you know, like became friends with this gentleman. Most people just do everything right online and over the phone, and it's way too easy for someone to call you and ask for your information. I mean, that's like one of the biggest scams in the world. You know, um, they find out that you're creating a mortgage through this company. They can easily call you for, uh, saying they're from that bank. And, and nowadays, it seems like, you know, I get a lot of spam calls and uh, they can seem seemingly just choose whatever number they want to call you from. You guys, yeah. Have you guys, you know they what I mean? spoof a phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so how, how can you protect yourself at that point? The, you know? Basically, never trust, always question, always verify. Yeah. Don't and, believe the number on your phone. Yeah. Uh, don't believe if they say they're from an institution, just find out who they claim they're from. And if you have any relationship with that institution, look on the back of your credit or debit card or independently confirm the phone number, contact mm -hmm. the institution directly and then say, did somebody from you guys call me? They're really, they really are after you. You can never be too paranoid because no. no. it's true. There's, there's, yeah. there, everyone is out there trying to figure out a way in and into your stuff and, and, and make some money off of it. And the golden yep. rule, never authenticate yourself to anyone that contacts you. Mm -hmm. Don't click on links. Don't open attachments. Yep. What you do is you contact them directly. And if they ask you questions, then to authenticate yourself, 
that really is for your protection as opposed yeah. to your exploitation. Adam, I want to just hop in here and, and, and talk a little bit about small businesses here because that first story you told about your website, I have two questions about it. Um, the first is a quick one, so I'm going to ask them right in, in a row and you can answer both. But the first one is how, how long after the, the site was hacked did this bigger hack happen? Were, there, were they in proximity to each other time-wise? And then the second no. one was... Could this could this have put you out of business? So the first one, the first answer is no. They did not happen uh, very quickly after each other. So I don't think it was the same person. Um, but both of them, you know, the first one was a minor. Um, it was only a few thousand dollars. But at that point, we were operating on a shoestring, and that was actually a lot of money in terms of our operating costs. The forty thousand. I don't know what would have happened at that point. Yeah, I mean, we most likely would have gone out of business because I don't know how we could have recouped that. So, Adam, how do small businesses protect themselves against cyber threats? I mean, we know how Google does it or IBM, but what if you're a small business? Well, you know, a few ways. The first is that you have strict password protocols. The second, that you make sure that anyone that enters your systems has a different password than a password that they would use in their private lives. You also make sure that you continually educate your people as to the dangers. You make sure that they don't deal with any device that you've been downloading apps that you may not actually know the where they originate from. It also means that you know you should be freezing your credit anyway because businesses are so tied to many people's individual credit. Uh, it means you should vet anyone that's coming to work for you or with you to make sure that you have an idea about who they are. And you need to have, if you can't afford to have a information security officer on deck for your company in-house, then you really should look to a third-party trusted uh, technology source where you can go to and say, can you test my systems? Can you monitor what's going on? Because it's all about minimizing your risk of exposure, about monitoring so you know if you have a problem as quickly as possible, and then what's your plan to manage the damage? And that third M, you know, there's a thing called cyber liability insurance now. So any small company, uh, any medium-sized company, certainly the large companies now, you need to have cyber liability insurance because what it does is, in, in some cases, provided you've done what you promised them you would do at the time you got the insurance, um, you've shifted a lot of the risk and the liability from your business to the insurance company. In our in our situation, um, it was all about you know passwords and things like that because honestly, uh, a lot of small businesses, especially what we were dealing with, literally we didn't have any money at all to hire third parties to, you know, uh, and we didn't know about, you know, insurances and things like that. But that's the tough part about small business is that when people are operating on a shoestring, it's brutal because you do have to make sacrifices on what you're paying for <laughs> and hope for the best, you know. Uh, and a lot of a lot of hackers bank on that. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, why go after AT&T when you can go after a group of little businesses? Yeah. I mean, the truth is, you, in one sense, they'd rather go after AT&T because they can get access to millions. But, you know, the thing that people should remember also, and oftentimes people go, I'm just a little business or I'm a regular person. Who would possibly care about me? And so when you look in the mirror, you see you. 
But yeah. to a hacker, they see a large feathered cooing creature that can be a source of gold for them. There's a yeah. pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And it may not even be because of the business itself, but mm -hmm. it may be because the business does business with another business that it's they're really interested in. Like, for instance, that HVAC contractor that was doing business with Target that was the way into Target. It's true. I mean, Paul, your company could be like if you got, you know, your one big contract with your your city or somewhere like that, that's the way in for a hacker to get into the much bigger system. Um, yeah. And a lot of these guys, these they're not just guys, these criminals are, um, you know, their payday is seven grand. That's a, that was a number that kept coming up recently, 10 grand, five grand. Yeah. So if they get it from you or they get it from IBM, it doesn't really matter because they know those kinds of numbers. The cops are just going to be like, oh, I don't know what to tell you, ma'am, sir. Well, so that's the thing. For us, it's, we're just a joke, right? But right. if you go after IBM they actually have money and resources and they might be able to actually track you down. You know, I mean, even the bank that I was dealing with, um, they would just kind of shrug their shoulders and they were like, I don't, we don't know what we can do about this. You know, uh, that guy just walked away, you know, whoever tried to rip me off. Was no, I know. It's the funniest thing. It's yeah. like cybersecurity by hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. 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 Or they like to say passion prey, but yeah. um, well, that's one of the yeah. things that stands out here that's that makes it seem almost uh, quaint by today's standards that someone actually took the time to break into your account and go through your emails whereas uh, what you keep on hearing yeah. about now is someone does that by the hundreds of thousands or millions in order yeah. to compromise hundreds of thousands or millions of other accounts and things like that so um yeah. in the same in a strange way it seems a little bit like a flattery that you know you got a lot of individual attention that uh, most people yeah, yeah, don't yeah. get from their hacker <laughs> Yeah, true yeah, story. Definitely felt flattered. And yes. <laughs> wasn't there a recent statement by the IRS, for instance, that they weren't interested in looking at Bitcoin transactions under ten thousand? The White House had proposed broad new tax information reporting requirements, and the Treasury Department said today that would include not just cryptocurrencies, but also crypto asset exchange accounts and payment services, and for businesses that receive crypto assets of ten thousand dollars or more. Well, you can. You have a lot of under $10,000 Bitcoin transactions if you're hitting yeah. small businesses. Yeah, sure can. Absolutely. Paul, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah, not a problem, man. Thanks for having me. It was actually really fun. Really it was fun. It was nice to visit North Carolina for a second. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, nice, it's 85 degrees and beautiful down here right now. So No, we really appreciate it. And um, thank you for allowing me to travel back to memory lane about Toma and Beretta and all yes. the shows that I used to love. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you, man. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. What the Hack is a Loud Tree Media production in partnership with Large Media. That's L-A-R-J Media. You can find What the Hack wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media. You can find more information at adamlevin.com.